0: Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. As the Census Bureau bores in on the 2020 decennial count, it's under pressure to assure both the security and the anonymity of data it'll collect from hundreds of millions of people. Keeping individual data private, it's a never-ending cat-and-mouse game. Now Census is working on a revised methodology for maintaining anonymousness. I spoke at length about this with the Bureau's Associate Director and Chief Scientist for Research and Methodology, John Aboud. We'll post the whole interview at federalnewsnetwork.com, but here's an excerpt, starting with what is the state of the art in privacy technology?
1: So the state of the art in uh, data protection is what's known generically as privacy-preserving data publication or formal privacy. It's a set of techniques that mathematically define uh, the requirements that the publications protect the confidentiality of every person and every data item for that person in the underlying confidential data and they do that by um, processing the data through a set of algorithms that satisfy the formal privacy properties. The particular set that we're using for the 2020 census is called differential privacy, but it's just one uh, example of a formally private data publication system.
0: And do you use differential privacy for all of the census data gathering programs, or is this something specific for the 2020 count?
1: So the Census Bureau's adoption of differential privacy for the 2020 census Uh, is the first of our uh, disclosure avoidance modernizations. The vulnerabilities that we discovered from the 2010 census made it a very high priority to engineer a new data protection system for the publications from the 2020 census, and so we started there. There have been uh, a few products already released using these formally private methods, including one that we released in 2008, which was the first a uh, product anywhere in the world that used a formerly private data
0: protection system. What are the flaws or vulnerabilities in using the older system? In 2003, two computer scientists, Irit Deiner and Kobe
1: Nassim, proved a theorem that is now known as the fundamental law of information recovery. At the time, it was just called the Database Reconstruction Theorem. And what they showed was if you have a confidential database and you publish too many statistics too accurately from those confidential data, you expose the entire confidential database with near certainty. And it's not an asymptotic result. It doesn't uh, depend on being able to conduct an infinite number of queries and eventually you get there. It happens in a finite number of queries. So we took that theorem and we applied it to the publications of the 2010 census and showed that those publications violated the uh, fundamental law of information recovery because they permitted a far too accurate database reconstruction that we subsequently used to show that the individuals in those data could be re-identified. About uh, 45% of the individuals could be re-identified, and when you did that, you were right 38% of the time. So those re-identification statistics are orders of magnitude larger than any of the designers of the disclosure avoidance system for the 2010
0: census imagined when they were putting it in place. Got it. So were you able to reapply newer algorithms to that data set to ensure nobody ever tries that and succeeds? Well,
1: those data are in the public domain. Um, We can't prevent people from trying that. That's the fundamental challenge of publishing data from something like the decennial census. You put them in the public domain, so they need to be safe when you put them there, because you can't make assumptions about what kinds of technologies or what kinds of external external data are going to be available three, four, or five years down the road. The techniques that we used to expose the vulnerabilities in the 2010 census were not available in 2010, but they are available now, and and those kinds of techniques aren't going to just disappear. They're just going to get stronger. Uh, So the old-fashioned way of doing it made arbitrary assumptions about what an external attacker could know in terms of other information Now, what kinds of computational facilities that person could have. Those arbitrary assumptions are now wrong. Um, we need to not make arbitrary assumptions. We need to design the data publication system so that any attacker's external information is irrelevant and any degree of computational uh, sophistication is irrelevant. You have to solve Um, about 10 billion simultaneous equations to do what we did for the 2010 census. But we actually published more than 100 billion uh, statistics, and solving 100 billion simultaneous equations is not that hard anymore. That's the reality of the 21st century. Um, So the challenge is to develop a data publication system that's provably resistant
0: to that kind of computational and information attack. We're speaking with Dr. John Aboud. He is the Census Bureau's Associate Director and Chief Scientist for Research and Methodology. So differential privacy, tell us how that works in layman's terms and and how you apply it. Is it something that exists commercially or is it something you had to develop? This is my fourth or fifth time trying to explain
1: this um, to a lay audience like this. Uh, the first three were in federal court, where each of the justices in the uh, citizenship cases asked me about it, too. Um, differential privacy is a set of mathematical principles, and they're based on two really important concepts. The first is the concept that you can quantify the global disclosure risk associated with all of the publications that you intend to release from a particular database. So in the case of the 2020 census, it's all of the tabular summaries that we're planning to release and any microdata that we plan to release. You have to be able to quantify the total or global disclosure risk from all of those publications. You can't treat them individually, each one ignoring the others. So To do that, you um, analyze not the properties of the data you actually collected, but the properties of the data that you might collect, Uh, what statisticians like to call the sample space, but that's a technical term, so let me kind of describe it. All the different ways that all of the households in the United States can answer the 10 or 11 questions on the census When you consider what are legal answers for your birthday, what's a legal answer for your sex, what's a legal answer for your race or ethnicity, what's a legal answer for your relationship to the other people in the household, those are the questions we ask, and they define a bunch of possible outcomes. You take all those possible outcomes, and then you ask, what's the effect on any statistic that I want to publish of arbitrarily deleting one household from those arbitrary outcomes. And that's the thing you have to control. You have to make that effect not be very large. Sure. That means that no one household has an undue influence on any published statistic. And if you can do that, then the algorithms have the formal privacy property known as differential privacy. So there's basically two ways to do that. Uh, let, me know, let me do the second, the second characteristic, two mathematical properties. One is that you can quantify the global risk, which is what I just described. And the other is that if you apply the algorithms in sequence, you can calculate the total effect. Uh, the mathematical term is composition, but basically what it means is if I take two differentially private algorithms and I apply them both, then the answer of how much privacy loss there was is the sum of the privacy loss from each algorithm. That's an extremely important property because it means that you can design your computer algorithms in pieces and then chain them all together and still know that you have done something that satisfies the mathematics that you're trying to satisfy. So quantifying the global disclosure risk and having algorithms that compose are key features of uh, the formal privacy system known as differential privacy, and we use them extensively in implementing it for the 2020
0: census. How do you do this in a practical sense?
1: So, so there are two ways of doing it that are practical. Uh, one is the way that the big tech companies like Google and Apple and Microsoft are doing. They have flows of data that are unimaginable to most people petabytes of data flowing in every day. And so what they do is they modify the data on the way in the door. It's called input or local differential privacy. So they take each of the data items and they just modify it before they even store it. That has the the feature that then you can do anything you want analyzing those data and you will remain differentially private because you already put them through the privacy loss filter. However, you have to have enormous amounts of data to make that work effectively. And and Apple and Google do have enormous amounts of data. So they can engineer systems that work that way. The census isn't an enormous amount of data. It's about 330 million people and maybe 140 million households. So if you need another billion observations to get sufficient accuracy, you got to wait three censuses. That's um, three decades. That's not an acceptable way of engineering the problem. So we can't use those systems. They're not commercially available, but the algorithms are in the public domain. So we could have used those algorithms, but they are not accurate enough for a census. We have to use the model that's known as central differential privacy. We have to calculate everything we want to calculate and then apply the differential privacy principles to it. And if you do that, then the information products that we produce from the 2020 census will be accurate enough to be
0: fit for the uses that they're designed for. John Aboud is Associate Director and Chief Scientist for Research and Methodology at the Census Bureau. There's much more to the interview. We'll post it in its entirety at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hear the Federal Drive anytime by subscribing at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Still to come on Federal News Radio, an acquisition rule change enacted three Congresses ago has somehow become lost in the wilderness. But first, data centers are like mice. Once established, they're not easy to get rid of. It's the Federal Drive with Tom Temen. Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. <coughs> <coughs> cough and cold season is here. Introducing Regola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Regola Max now. Available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.